listening to the Derek Sante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Sante, and today I get to kick it with a wonderful individual who is one of great character. She's someone I've come to know And I'm honored for this opportunity, not only to have this conversation, but also to learn more about her on another level. Please help me welcome my friend, Priscilla Smith. Welcome. Thank you, Derek. How are you? I am well. How are you? Keeping busy, trying to keep busy, you know. Um, I really wanted to take advantage of this opportunity for us to talk outside of where we normally talk. And I'm going to do my very best to make sure we don't talk about, obviously, work, because that's not what it's about. It's about you. I want to learn more about Priscilla and um, who she is and what makes her tick and so forth. And in doing so, I also believe that others who are going to listen to this episode are going to learn and benefit a great deal from your journey and your experiences uh, through this conversation. In each episode, I like to open with a quote. And the quote that I have for you, I'm going to share it with you. And then I want to get your opinion on what comes to mind when you hear that. Okay? Okay. All right. The quote I have for you reads, Character is built through experience, but only if life is met with honesty and courage. I, I, I agree. Right? So how, do you, how does that resonate with you? Um, throughout life, I believe we all have certain relationships. We go through certain situations that help build our character. Um, That's where we gain our wisdom. And sometimes that's where we gain our karmic lessons. Mm. Um, And doing so shapes our character. Um, It may shape us to be somebody that takes it and puts it in a positive light Mm -hmm. or into a negative light, so to speak. Right. And um, in doing so, certain opportunities will present itself. And if your character is built enough for those future situations, you'll be able to better navigate through that situation in the future. Right. Right. So thank you for that. I want to I want to go to the beginning. I want to go way back. Let's start from the beginning. Who is Priscilla and how would some of your closest friends describe you okay Priscilla (laughs) (laughs) you never really think about yourself that way I know that's why I said your friend (laughs) let's use your friends because it is hard it is hard to look at yourself and reflect from that perspective so if you were to ask me your friends what would they say about you like if I were to approach them say hey tell me a little bit about Priscilla what would they say um they would say I'm funny Mm -hmm. I think I'm funny not like over conceited funny, but like not very confident funny. Uh, um, they would say I'm nurturing. I believe I'm kind, very helpful, hmm. very insightful, knowledgeable, and um, I enjoy sharing my knowledge. Kind of like what I thought too. So that's good. Okay, I'm not I'm not too far off. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> and what's what's your background culturally? Like where where where, where are you from? Where are your parents from? I just want to give people a bit of a, a background to who, you know, I'm speaking with and so that they can actually grow to love you even more by the end of this conversation. 
Okay, so I do come from a very complex background. Um, my parents are both Jamaican. Mm-hmm. My mother, she is born in Montego Bay. My dad is born in St. Thomas. Um, anybody who knows Jamaica would know that they're in opposite ends of the country. Mm. So every time anybody says, how did they meet? It's funny because they, they were best friends growing up. And then they grew up to marry and have kids of their own. So it's actually a beautiful story. Wow. Um, but my grand, on my grandmother's side, on my mom's side, um, my great grandmother is from Germany. Oh. And my great grandfather is Indian, um, from East India, from India. Okay. And um, from my dad's side, my grandmother, great grandmother is from England. And my other great great grandfather is from Germany. So I have Germany on both sides. Interesting. And then um, my father's side from my father, from my grandfather, is the Chinese Jamaican side. And then um, my mother's side is actually one of the first um, Aboriginal Indians of Jamaica. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning, learning a lot more about myself. That is, that is incredible. Yeah. So, okay. So when you look in the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Which features of yours um, are prominent and that you were able to identify with which culture? Um, I see Jamaica the most. But which which part of your features give you that? Okay. My complexion. Okay. My eyes, I would say, give me mixed between the European and the Asian. Okay. My my nose would give me, like, you know, my Afro-Indigenous, Right. Jamaican back to Africa type of okay. gene. My complexion, well, believe it or not, uh, when I was younger, I was a lot darker. Like, a lot, lot, lot darker. Okay. And I don't know how I got lighter, but I did. Oh, living in Canada will make you lighter. Yeah, yeah. No, but I wasn't even born in Jamaica. I was born here. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I think it was night shift. That too. Being on nights for like 10 years, that, that probably would do it. And we also don't get, you get sun for like two days. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a that's an incredible mix. I would never have guessed it. I, I knew there was some sort of mix, but I wasn't sure. Okay. Okay. So that that's, that's why I wanted to kind of dive into that. Now, do you come from a large family or is it a small oh, family? Oh, huge. I love family. Oh my gosh. How big? I come from a huge family. Um, we There's 11 siblings. Okay, 11 sorry, siblings? 10 siblings. There's 11 of us. Wow. Five brothers and, yeah, five brothers and five siblings. Wait, from both parents? Like the same parents or no? Well, kind of interchangeable, like kind of mixed. Like my okay. mom has that and my dad has. Okay. And are you are you guys all like close? Do you know each, Do you know all 10? Yes, I know all of them. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah. How many of them are here in Canada? And, and how many are back back in Jamaica? 
Okay, so I can have one back in Jamaica. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Talk to me about there, this. There are two in Jamaica. Okay. One in um, South Carolina. Okay. And the rest are here. Huh. Yeah. I like to make it easier because I'm like, let me just, let's start with the, the lower ones first. Yeah. What's what's your um, horoscope sign? I am a cancer rising, uh, cancer sun, um, Taurus moon, uh, Gemini, Venus, and Cancer and Mercury. Wait, wait, you just gave me a whole bunch of different signs. <laughs> yes, because we are a bunch of different signs. Okay, bring it down so, to layman's terms. Work, work with me here. Okay. I, I only so, know one sign. Like, I'm a Pisces. Okay, so you're Pisces, so that's your sun sign. So a lot of us identify with our sun sign. Oh, But we I see. also have a moon sign, and we also have a Venus and a Mercury, and they also control our personalities depending on where the planets are placed based on your chart and your housing as well. It's it's a whole different world. That's exactly my other side of me, the whole astrology side of me. So, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. I was curious to find out what your sun sign, I guess, would be. And here you are telling me all this in- information about the horoscope signs, and I didn't know that you were big into that. Oh, yeah, I'm huge into the horoscope stuff. Wow. Yeah. I do tarot readings and I do, I'm an intuitive reader and psychic reader. How long have you been doing that for? Um, well, pretty much all my life, like with my friends. Okay. If they would ask me something, they would come to me like, P, what do you think? Or what should I do? And I'd be like, nah, today's not the day. Or yeah, today's the go. Or I would get prophetic dreams or messages and I would tell friends messages like, uh, yeah, no, you shouldn't go here or tell your husband to go get checked out. Something's going on or, um, warning. Like I'll get warning. Have you found that that backfires sometimes when you share too much of that or? Well, once I did tell a dear friend to, um, have her husband had checked out and she didn't tell him. And then I kept on telling her, I'm like, listen, not for nothing, just get it checked out because this is what I see. And what I saw was um, the person driving on the side of the highway, doing a tow, and then everything went black. So into, I I figured that it was a brain aneurysm because the death was so instant. And I saw the death through his eyes. Wow. So when I shared it with her, I said, listen, this is how I see him dying on the side of the highway. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen if he doesn't get the head checked out. So the day that it happened, because I'm a clairsentient and a super empath, I actually channel energy. So because now I I don't understand my power and I'm still understanding it, I channel his aneurysm. And I'm at work and her and I are conversing and my head is killing me. And I'm like, did you tell so-and-so to get his head checked out? And she's like, no. And my the way my head is hurting, it's like telling me like today's the day, but I don't understand it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then so I I, I ask her for Advil. Um, she places it on the desk. I pick it up. I take it. We uh, the headache doesn't go away. And then at the say mid shift, I'm walking down one track. I see her, and I'm like. What happened? It was like my, um, her face just dropped. 
And um, I looked at her and I'm like, she's like, it's so-and-so. And I'm like, and I knew right away what happened. Mm. And she left and then she called in and then she's like, you know, he passed on the highway doing a tow. Exactly what I envisioned. Wow. And then um, I, 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 I took her grief for her. So when I took her grief, she was able to make her dinner arrangements, I raised the money to kind of help her and her family. Sorry, and then, when you say take away her grief for her, elaborate on that. I'm not sure I follow. Okay, yeah, I should. Um, so <laughs> when I took her grief, I am literally crying for like three days uncontrollably to the point where she's like, uh, you want to tell me something? <laughs> like, you're you crying awfully hard for my husband. You don't even right. know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you will understand when I'm ready to give it back to you. Right now, I'm holding it for you because you cannot handle it right now. You have things to do. Wow. So, um, and I'm not really even understanding this because this is new to me. Like, as I, as I spiritually ascend, I'm granted a new gift. And it's a learning process as I'm going through it. After I pass through the lesson or I pass through the experience, then I look back and then I understand the lesson behind it. So after now, um, the funeral, everything goes. And then she calls me. And then I said, listen, it's your time. And I don't know how I do it, but I end up giving it back to her. Mm. And she called me for about a month or two every single day and cried herself to sleep without saying anything. Wow. And I just, I stayed there and I said, I, I, she's like, how did you know? I said, I don't know. I just know. And that's the thing. Like, I just know certain things. I get telepathy. The telepathy is not because I don't want to hear people's voices. And sometimes I ain't trying to hear nothing. Um, but I can tap into telepathy and stuff. And it's a little scary sometimes. And it's over sensory. So being uh, in our profession, you can understand sometimes, um, if you remember when you and I had our thing together, yeah. you would see that I would leave a lot and go by myself a lot. Mm-hmm. It's because I need to recharge. Right. I read and like I read energy too much that it's overwhelming. And sometimes I absorb it. And I'm like, ah. Right. And it's not my energy. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta dispel this. How long have you been um, like channeling? Oh my life since since I was, since I could remember since I was like four. Oh wow! Yeah. Now do you, I, do you I, go ahead? I have memories since I was two. Like I would tell my mom things. She's like, "How do you remember that?" Said, That's how conscious I was. I was conscious at two. I was reading like full on novels at four. That is something else. Now, do you believe everything happens for a reason or? Um... Do we just find reasons after things happen? You know what? I think that everything happens for a reason. Um, for instance, uh, okay, see, I want to take my story. So I went to school for mechanics and auto body. And then I went to college to become a tool and dime machinist. So when I started off as a mechanic, I couldn't find an apprenticeship. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me do and become a machinist. Sorry, sorry, sorry. First of all, I want to say um, congratulations. And I think you're a hero um, 
for even pursuing that industry because I don't know too many women that say this is what I like, this is what I'm into and I'm going to pursue it regardless of what anybody thinks. And, you know, mechanics and machinery, I don't know anybody. You're probably the first person that I know that's a female mechanic. Oh, I appreciate that. So so to me, it's it's an anomaly, unfortunately, to say it, but I know there are more of you. I just don't know mm-hmm. any. So in my world, it's 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 a unique thing. And so um, I think it's incredible. I think there's, there, you know, there needs to be more representation um, in a lot of different industries. But since, you know, you mentioned it, I just wanted to commend you for that. I think that's incredible. I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, actually being a mechanic was very fun. I'm, I worked at uh, I worked at Honda as a mechanic. I did um, oil changes and alignment and tune-ups and engine overhauls. And um, I felt like I was a part of the family. Nice. So, yeah, but I couldn't get a full-time apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, at that time, it was recession. Nobody was really hiring. And so I'm knocking at all these doors and I couldn't find any. So I was like, okay, you know what? Um, I like art. So I'm like, how can I tie art into machine? <laughs> Let's uh-huh. do machining. Nice. And to give you a little bit of history behind my machining that I just recently discovered is that um, my family, from my mom's side, they are blacksmiths. So they're into iron bending. Mm. And I didn't really know that. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense. This is why I enjoy machinery and the whole mechanical aspect of things. It's like a, a family trait almost. Yes. Yeah. And and my grandfather, on my dad's side, was a bus driver. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So like everything's kind of like remanifesting into like this time. And um, so I couldn't find an apprenticeship. So then I went to college and I did the tool and die. As soon as I started tool and die, I started looking for an apprenticeship. And again, I couldn't find an apprenticeship. And I'm just like, really? So I went back to school and I took legal assistant. So I said, okay, you know what? I need to know at least family law, business law, real estate law. Because when I'm going out in the world, I don't want nobody to fool me. Right. And in the pursuit of doing my legal assistant, um, I worked at GM on the assembly line, building like the Impalas and the Pontiacs and stuff. Oh, nice. And I worked at uh, TTC as a summer student. Okay. So now, at the end of my summer student, TTC and GM offered me a full-time job, both at the same time, both on the same day. Oh, wow. And, of course, I chose TTC. And then, um, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything happens for a reason, you know? Like, all these things kind of pushed me to where I am now. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that's my scenario as to like everything happening for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Real life story. Now, if you're in a relationship, it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship, but any kind of relationship, right? Whether it's family, cousins, uh, friends, best friends, or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that's unforgivable for you in a relationship? <laughs> Deception. But, I mean... I know, I know. That's very broad. Okay. Um, because we're doing that naturally without even 
thinking yeah. about it sometimes, right? So that's true. Um, violating like trust. Violating my trust. Yeah, I would say that my trust, whether it's with me, my child. Yeah, violating my trust is an. I've, I've actually cut off a couple of people out of my life for mm. violating my trust. That's my in regards to my child. So, and it was zero. There's zero tolerance. So wait, but is it is it because it was related to your child or you? It was a combination of the two, because I felt like the person one um, put my child in harm. Got it. And two. Um, and doing so, disrespecting me as a person in their life. Mm. I would... Um, Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Okay. So as long as your trust isn't um, taken for granted or abused... Right. Would you so say... I can't trust you? Mm. Yeah. As much as I love you, you will be far away from me. I don't love you from afar. I'll wish you well. I'll pray for you every day. I'll even help you. But you just are not allowed in my circle right. or in my environment. Now, it, does it take a lot for people to lose your trust? Uh, well, it depends because there's like tiers and there's like scenarios have different, you know, energetic levels. Right. I right. Um, so, like I said, it's zero tolerance when it comes to like disrespect, but then I can understand if somebody's in a bad place mm-hmm. and they're operating on low vibration and they don't really see themselves, but I can see them more than they can see themselves. I'll be more forgiving because I'll be like, you know what? That, that's not the person. Or if, um, say for instance, I did cut somebody off and a lot of time has passed and I saw them and I see that they've changed or there's certain characters that have improved. Um, then I will, you know, take my time and slowly allow them back into my life. But I didn't smell those. Okay. Now, you you mentioned low frequency. I've heard that term before. Yeah. What does that mean to you? When you, you know, what's the difference between a low frequency individual and a high frequency? Okay, so low frequency individual, I would believe, to my understanding, is somebody that is negative, pessimistic, Judgmental. Got it. Okay. Um, very just every time you converse with them, they got some drama, some gossip, and it's just it just it's draining. By the time you leave that person, you're like, did I just run a marathon? Because right. Yeah, they some low vibrational people. You're just like you like you're, you're you're like inside your your intuition. Your intuition is like telling you like you. Go, go. Like, yeah. There's something in you that wants, but you're, you're trying to be polite because you can see that they kind of need you to, right? They're kind of not there. Yeah. So it's like an internal battle. And then high vibrational people are those people that when you finish talking to them, you feel like you can go and accomplish the world. Like all of a sudden you're like signing up for everything you're on. Right, right. Researching things, they <laughs> inspire you, they make you feel good, you know? Like if you were hungry... I'm telling you, you won't be hungry after you've done talking to them because, like, they will fill you with that much knowledge and that much love that you'd be satisfied, you know? Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Now, when you... I want you to think about your father. Like, what what does he mean to you? What's that relationship like? My father. I am my father's gift. I'm born on my father's birthday. Oh, wow. We share birthdays. Yeah. Nice. Um, we are a lot alike. Um, 
he's a historian and I love history just like him. Okay. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's, uh, he's very spiritual and religious and, um, yeah. We so have a, would you say, would you say, because I've heard this before, but I'm not sure how true that is and how true it might be for you or not, right? Um, we hear daughters usually um, are attracted to partners that reflect the male influences in their lives, whether that be their father or it could be an uncle or somebody that they looked at as, okay, this is the model, you know, partner should be for me in, in the future. Not Not consciously choosing that, but you know, um, subconsciously, we end up attracting those individuals. Is that true for you or is that far off? That's far off. To okay. Like in terms of the people that I'm attracted to mm-hmm. compared to the characteristics of my father. Got it. Yeah. So are you saying, I'm assuming here, you can obviously correct me. Mm-hmm. Is your father as a man, the standards of his characteristics are higher or equal to or less than those that you were attracted to? I wouldn't say any of those. I would say they are completely different. different. Yeah. Like, okay, so I'm a spiritualist. So mm-hmm. um, there's not many relationships that last in my world if it's not stimulating. Mm. So... And not only mentally, but spiritually. Um, I need to be growing. If we ain't growing, whether it's a friendship, relationship, Mm -hmm. or building, or there has to be some sort of forward movement. Yeah. And I always want to collectively move with people, but, you know, sometimes life gives you um, a different deck of cards. Right. But um, I kind of lost what I was saying. No, no, you're just trying to identify um, the partners that you're attracted to and how different they are from your Yeah, so, right. So the people that I'm more attracted to are like me. (laughs) I'm attracted to myself. Okay, so so elaborate on who you are then. Okay. So so if if I had to read about, I mean, you kind of spoke a little bit in the beginning, but if I was a guy, I'm on those uh, speed dating um, you know, events and uh, I got a quick clip or synopsis about who you are before I come to your table, mm-hmm. what would I get? Like, what would that snapshot be? You would get adventurous, spontaneous, um, but focused. Okay. Um, driven. Mm-hmm. Um, self-aware. Okay. And a connection to spirit. And so whatever your spirit is. And but so that's have... what you're attracted to. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Look at that. See that? I'm trying to get my listeners to follow and make sure that they understand what's happening here. We're trying to paint beautiful pictures for them. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I gotta make sure I understand it. If I don't, then I know they're lost. <laughs> I wanna make sure. Right. I like it. I'm I like gone. it. I'm trying. I'm going through a transition. Like I went through, actually, to be honest. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get back into the relationship because I kind of really want to talk about this. Okay. Actually, um, if you have time. No, no, I, I was actually in a, in a scenario the other day, 
And it was actually a scary one. And I actually kind of want to bring awareness to, to young women and or women in general or people in general, because it can be vice versa. And I don't want to be sexist. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a friend and, and, and it's somebody I've known for over 18 years. Okay. And the person wanted to meet up to catch up and stuff and talk about business and stuff because, you know, that's, you know, right mm-hmm. now what I'm on. And so I was like, okay, sure. Let's meet up and stuff. This person professed their undying love for me. Oh. I had no clue where this was coming from. Came out of left field. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, I don't feel the same. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be honest. Because I find that a lot of the times, sometimes we don't, we're not 100% forward because we don't want to kind of throw that person off. Yeah. So you're kind of like, okay, I'm not interested, but they kind of think it's like, oh, you're playing flirt game. I was like, no, bro. Like, let me mm-hmm. tell you something. If I got to be rude, I don't want to be rude, but right. please help me work with me, you know, because if the other side of me comes out because their inner dream me and their inner monk in me are battling right now. And believe you me, if the inner G in me comes out, you are not going to like me. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh, give me a hug, give me a kiss and try to touch me. And I'm like, yo, bro, don't touch me. And then he kept on pursuing. I said, now you're making me feel comfortable. I said, I can't even believe this is happening. I said, because I know you for over 15, like, it's almost 20 years. Yeah. So you're, you know, my family, you know, my father, you know, my brothers, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, my sister, my nieces, like, you know, my family. And then you're coming on to me, like on some energy that I'm not even trying to tolerate. And he kept on going on and on. And I'm like, which part of do not touch me or do not come on to me don't you understand and then he's like oh so why are you making me feel like this um i'll give you this i'll give you how much money i'll buy you a house i'll give the like he's like trying to throw everything at me now right i'll introduce you to all these affiliates because i'm 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 affiliated with all these um, celebrities and this that and the other i'm like listen i don't want nothing from you i am not for sale that's for one and for two this like this friendship is over and I want to go home and I'm gone and I left I went home blocked him and never spoke to him again wow and I'm sitting going like this guy was so in his head that I don't know which part of the no he didn't see and I'm sitting there going looking at him I'm like are you not like thank goodness I'm a strong woman but how did it, like, there's some, there's some women that are in these situations that feel like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of in a tight situation financially, you know, like this, this part, you know, like, no, yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, no matter, I want women to understand that, believe you me, there's blessings out there without selling yourself, you know, don't do anything beyond your comfort zone. Always choose love over fear. No, that's, that's powerful that's it's unfortunate because that's obviously uh an individual with an ulterior motive right and right it was a whole plan yeah and thank goodness i saw through the plan and the person said had an audacity say oh you're strong i said yeah buddy trust me you it's a good thing that you recognize that because trust me if i had to show you yeah. we would have problems yeah wow yeah. i'm sorry you had to go through that that's that's unfortunate that's unfortunate because some people do take advantage of the, the your kindness. So that's where my trust is messed up. Sometimes it's bipolar because it's yeah. like the the people that hurt me are usually the ones that are close to me because I let my guard down. 
because yeah. they're that because of the connection and mm-hmm. affiliates of our world. But it's I mean that's history, right? The the closest ones to you are the usually the ones that can do the most damage because they are the closest. That's true. Um, and so it's unfortunate that that's our reality. Now you come across to me as a confident person, and how accurate am I with that? Or um, is that a defense mechanism sometimes for you? Um, for the most part, I am very confident. If there is something that I'm not confident in, I do my research. I like to do my homework. I like to be in the know. Is there anything that you would change in your life today if you could? Um, yeah, to be financially free. <laughs> <laughs> and just be free. Like, literally, just wake up and do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, just literally just have my cups overflowing abundantly all day while I do whatever I want. So, but, okay. So when you say financially free, what does that look like for you? Because everybody has their own definition of what that looks like, right? Some people might say, oh, if I win the lotto, but yeah, you win the lotto doesn't mean your bills and all the stresses that come with money go away. Or is it yeah. just being able to, you know, um, sustain yourself and not necessarily have abundance of money, but you are, comfortable and you don't need for much and you know so what does that look like for you when you talk about financially free financially free would be in a situation where my passion is where i get my my finances from ah and so therefore i'll be financially free because it wouldn't be work to me but therefore Mm. Financially, I wouldn't have any type of strain because I know that abundance will naturally come because I'd be within my alignment. Right. Yeah. What inspires you on a regular basis? What inspires me? Yeah, on a regular basis. Like what, you know, makes you tick? Myself. Every day I inspire myself. Every day I do my homework. Every day I feel like it's a daily task that we wake up and we remember what our mission is, what our journey is, what our path is, and not to forget it because it's so easy to get caught up in the world yeah. and forget your true purpose. And and so for today, for example, what was um, that mission for you today? My mission is to spread awareness. And with this interview, my voice will be heard by many. And I hope that some of the things that I say will help heal a lot of people that need healing. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's interesting that you have that every day. Um, it's something that I'm also doing that I set a goal for myself. And some of the, the goals that I set are very simple. Like I need to get a good laugh in or two. Mm-hmm. And that that's the simplest of some of my goals, right? And some of my yeah. other goals are, okay, let me just finish this one document and send it off to this person or call this person um, or call mm-hmm. three people. Like, that's sometimes those are my goals. Yep. Right. And and I think it's important because people think your goals have to be some elaborate, you know, yeah. maybe register a business and have it be successful overnight. No, it doesn't, it doesn't no. work like that. It's it's small increment goals that allow you to grow and, and become a better person than you were the day before, you know. So absolutely. That's good. I'm glad you have you have those goals as well. Um now your son, how old is he right now? He is 14. And what's your relationship like with him? We are like best friends. And like, we get along. We have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. We enjoy the same shows. We enjoy the same food. 
we pretty much have similar personalities. I'm a little bit more extroverted. He's more introverted, but mm-hmm. we balance each other out. He's kind. Um, he's very independent, very smart. What are some of the lessons and, you know, ethics that you are hoping to instill in him as a young man? Well, so every day I do speak to him about self-awareness because self-love and self-awareness. Um, when you love yourself and you know yourself, it's very hard for people to lead you astray or for you to do things beyond your comfort zone, which to me, if you're doing something and you don't want to do it, and it's not like something that you have to do, but you're doing something against your will or against who you are in your core, mm-hmm. to me, that's a form of selling yourself. So I don't want him to ever find himself in a situation where he feels the need to sell his soul and not even being aware that he is selling his soul. So what I do with him on a daily basis is instill self-awareness, self-knowledge, just loving himself, knowing himself and motivational speeches. And I use real life scenarios and giving him examples. Okay. What do you think about this? Okay. And then I kind of want to, pull answers from him to kind of peek his psyche and see exactly where his mindset's at. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you find that, I mean, we use the terms loosely or frequently, which is, you know, the self-awareness and self-love. I find that's one of the most difficult things an individual can, can develop. So what are some of the tips that you practice that you might be able to share with some of the listeners today? Because it's easier said than done, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a level of vulnerability that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And if we're not prepared to tap into that, that growth that we're seeking may never, you know, present itself. And so I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the things that you practice on a regular basis so that we can kind of take from some of that and try it out? Okay. so. I'm glad that you tapped on the vulnerability, which it is, because self-love, self-awareness means going into deep, dark spots of yourself mm-hmm. and understanding them. It's um, identifying your triggers and understanding where they're coming from and finding the root of them. So it's a lot of work. Not easy. You're going to have a lot of sleepless nights. You're going to probably feel sick, but it's a journey. You have to go through it. By avoiding it, you block you block yourself from your intuition on the direction that you're actually supposed to follow because now you're just blocking things. Right. But when you do that deep dark work and you understand yourself and you do the shadow work, so when those situations come back and revisit you, they don't they don't trigger you anymore. Now you you are in power of those triggers. No situation, no person can evoke that type of emotion. And when you have that type of control, that's when you're actually living with true peace of mind. And when you have true peace of mind, you have clear vision. And when you have clear vision, you have clear vision of the path that you should follow, not what society tells you to, not what you think you should do, not what you're doing just to put um, money on the table and, and food on the table and money in the bank. Something that is actually fulfilling and is actually raising the collective vibration. And once we do that, everybody lives in more harmony. It's more one act of kindness to one person mm-hmm. is universal. And how often or frequently do you tap into, you know, that self-love and self 
um, you know, appreciation spaces of your life? Like, how often do you tap into that? Every day I meditate. Mm-hmm. Every day I do daily affirmations. I nice. journal. Nice. Um, also, I pay attention to the people in my life. Right. Are they toxic? That's self-love. Mm-hmm. Because you have to love yourself enough to know that there's certain people that just don't deserve a space at your table. Right. And um, what foods that you put in your body. Okay, is this, is this going to help build me or is this going to tear me down? Right. Uh, I love myself enough that I'm not going to put anything in me that's going to tear me down. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I listening to? Is the things that I'm listening to, are they feeding my mind and my heart? Right. Are they causing me to be toxic, right? So many things of self-love for me. And there's so many other things that we can do collectively to show ourselves self-love. Mm. And I think it's very liber- liberating when you're able to tap into those spaces and learn more about yourself as an individual. Um, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough that it happened for me at an early age, right? In the form of peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're able to, <laughs> you know, you can say no to your peers. That's liberating. And then from there, I mean, I was able to say no to my mom for the first time. And that was extremely liberating because even family um, can be toxic. So when you talk about looking at, you know, relationships that you have, all those things, you know, different different people need to be considered regardless of their family or not. And I think sometimes we overlook family. We give too much of a pass to family mm-hmm. and and they may be the most toxic, mm-hmm. right? But we give them a blight every time and, and not realizing that they're actually, you know, um, um, sucking all that energy and that life out of us. And, and we're not then at that point, we're not able to achieve our goals or our visions or our dreams. Mm-hmm. So... Um, how liberating is it for you when you're able to tap in and you know yourself and you're confident in who you are and you love the person that you are and the person that you're working to become? And how free do you feel when you have those moments? Oh, very free. And at first, though, when I was kind of battling, I had this little guilt thing, though. I was like, oh, but they need me. Uh. Right. But then once I learned to let go, because I'm like, no, they're toxic. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Some of them do. Some people don't. Some yeah. people really, they don't know themselves. And But some people are calculated. No, they, they, they do, they'd be doing things on purpose. Yeah. Um, and once I learned to release it, at first, you know, you get, oh, you changed. And it's like, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, then you kind of, then you kind of feel like the anxiety that maybe, and it's probably in my head too. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what they're thinking because you're so used to because being an empath. So I'm an empath and being an empath, you're kind of codependent on being the provider. Got so it. it's kind of like a two way thing. So as much as they're taking advantage of you, you're actually using them, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not only one side. It's not only the person that's using you and the person being used as the victim. Well, you know what? Sorry, you're not the victim. You're 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 actually a part of the problem too, because your codependency on helping everybody feeds your ego and your superhero personality. And then you, you're drained and then you're wondering why you're drained, but you're the one doing it because for some reason you feel like it's your responsibility to save everybody. Uh, That's your ego. That's right. That's right. I didn't look at it from that perspective that you're both playing a role. You're both playing a role. Yeah. Wow. 
That's interesting because now I'm looking at it, I'm thinking about what you just said. If I'm enabling, I'm just as mm-hmm. guilty in the negative outcome as I am in the positive if, if it works out, you know, so. 100%. I'm an equal co- contributor. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, that that word that a lot of people use, I find a lot of people use it loosely, um, is love. Mm-hmm. When when you hear that, what comes to mind? Love. <laughs> I feel like Lauren Hill right now. Love. <laughs> <laughs> is it a thing? Uh, I mean, like, because I don't know. You know, I want to hear your perspective before I chime in on it. Okay, so love for me, it's so much more than just work. And I think love is a decision more than it is a feeling. Mm. Um, like when you love somebody, you decide to, hey, is everything okay? Are you okay? Like you don't just want to do it. Like you don't just, it doesn't just download in your head. Like it's something that you consciously want to do. Right. So it's a decision that you consciously made to to see if this person's okay, if they're hungry, or they're taking care of uh, their best interests, and so on and so forth. So for me, love is more. If somebody says, "Oh, I just love you," okay, but if you show me you love me, then you don't have to say it because uh, you're showing me through action. And and that's the thing. So I'm with you on that. Like, I think, I think it's, it's a verb more than it is a noun, right? Yeah. Um, and it's action-based. I think mm-hmm. the problem is we talk about, you know, some people talk about love language, mm. right? And there's a lot of misinterpretation in between the different languages between two people. That's true. So you might be a person that's big on flowers and this and that, which is so right, actionable, I'm not. I'm so right? Not. Yeah. Right, but, you know, one person might be, yeah. Another person might be completely opposite. Right. However, how that one, you know, how people display their love may come across differently. So if you're expecting it to look a certain way to, to reflect who you are and how you are, but mm-hmm. if that's not how I present mine, it can be a bit of a miscommunication, right? Or misunderstanding. Well, I want to I give you actually two examples of how two different love languages in my life um, I can I can tell you the two difference and how I can see the difference now. Now that I have a partner that's like speaking my love language that I didn't even know we mm-hmm. were speaking versus my previous relationship where now I understand because we were both speaking two different love languages. Mm-hmm. And so my love loving my love language is nurturing and like caring and if I see that you have talent, I'm like, okay, how are we going to capitalize on it? Okay, like, okay, I'll be your manager. Like, I'll get you a gig. Like, this is mm-hmm. me. Like, I want to help you. I want to build you up and let's do this. Um, whereas um, the other person's love language was more verbal. Got it. And did not show much. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I knew this person loved me, but the person did not show enough action to match my love language that I wanted to receive. I have communicated this to the person many times saying, okay, maybe you need to find somebody who matches your energy because we ain't matching. You know what I'm saying? Like as much as I love you, I don't want this to just, you know, waste each other's time. Like, How hard is that though, to have that conversation? It was hard because the person didn't want to go. And then 
I can't even blame the person because I also didn't walk away given mm-hmm. the person chance after chance. But it wasn't fair because the person was trying to be somebody that they were not. And it wasn't fair for me to even ask that person to do that. And then the person kept on saying, no, no, this is what I want. I'm like, mm. and I knew as an empath, I should have known that the person was not being their self. And that would only last for a certain amount of time before the person turns back to whoever they are. Right. And then it was just like, it was just unrecorded love. Like when he wanted me, I didn't want him. And when I wanted him, he didn't want me. And it was just like this unrecorded love. It just never, ever, it was just we're going in circles and circles. So, and then one day I just left the circle. Now, can we, is it fair to, for one party to blame another party or would, would it be better off for us to just be cordial and be like, you know what, this is just not working. I know in that scenario you just shared, one didn't mm-hmm. want to go and the other was like, yeah, no, this is not going to work. But in that scenario, I'm thinking, do we just decide that this is not healthy and how do we get the other person to understand that? Like, Well, I think um, each individual has to know their worth and have to choose themselves at the end of the day. Mm. Um, I don't want to put blame on anything because at first when I was, I used to put blame on things like, is this person's fault? And it was just that I'm like, no, 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 no. It's your fault. You did it. Nobody's fault. You put yourself in that situation. What are you to learn? It's, it's being pointing fingers to me is actually a wasted energy. Yeah. Right and wrong, good and bad. Because guess what? What's good for me can be bad for you and vice versa. What I may think is positive, you may think it's negative. You know, like everybody has a different perspective of things. I think the most important thing is that we learn. We learn from whatever situation. We learn from the relationship. We learn from the scenario. What are we taking from this? That in the future, when this situation comes again, how we're going to handle it? We're going to better navigate through the next situation. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's, I mean... If we're in a relationship and it's not working out because our love languages are different, mm-hmm. um, I don't think one party should blame the other per se no. because that's who they are, right? Like, yeah. y- y- you know, you're asking me to change um, and I'm asking you to change. But if this is who we are, then why give it up? Right. You know, it's, so. Yeah, let's learn to love each other away from each other. And right. we want. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Now. This is a random one, but when, when was the last time that you cried? Oh, I cry all the time. I'm a crier. <laughs> I'm such a crier. <laughs> I am such a crier. Oh, my God. Okay. I so probably they, yesterday. <laughs> I cry almost every day. So, okay. So, the last time you cried, mm-hmm. what was the reason for that expression? Gratitude. Like, what was the gratitude for? Just waking up. Life. Sometimes I get into like this super gratitude mode. I'm just grateful because I think that we take so many things for granted. And I just, sometimes I'm just grateful for everything. Even the things I don't even know that are coming, mm-hmm. you know, just being grateful. Yeah. Sometimes I just feel like we don't even deserve half of the blessings that we have only because like we sometimes do things that are so ungrateful, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not conscious of either. Yeah. Yeah. In the next in the next uh five years, where do you see yourself? Oh, I see myself opening my new business. What kind of business? 
I'm going to open up massage therapist clinics. There you go. It's out in the universe. That means it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going absolutely. to happen. You put it out there, it's going to happen. That's awesome. Oh, absolutely. That is awesome. So, would you choose loyalty, respect, or power, and why? Loyalty. Elaborate. Why? Okay. Um, loyalty, because with loyalty, it goes hand in hand with trust. And um, if somebody can trust me, they will respect me. And with that respect, they will grant me the power. Hmm. I'm going to play devil's advocate. So you said loyalty goes hand in hand with trust. Mm-hmm. Can someone trust you but not be loyal to you? You know what? You can actually. Right, it's possible. It's um, possible because there's people that I won't trust, but I'm loyal to them. So. Right. Yeah. For who they are, right? So For who they are. And and then you can respect people even though you're not loyal to them but you maybe understand their logic or their ethics and how they decide the thing that they decide. Right. Or for just being authentically who they are. So you respect them for that. Right. Um, and I think the last one is very tricky because it's power and we often associate negative energy towards power. Yeah, no, I don't. I think the, okay. So actually I had a conversation with my mom yesterday mm-hmm. um, in regards to power. So I get a lot of favor sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's just natural. But I never use my power or my favor and negatively. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, so if I knew I'm, I'm getting more favor than a, a collective, I would ask the collective, hey, what do we need? Mm-hmm. And ensure that I share my favor, yeah. which to me is power. Because if they were to go and try to ask, or do it, they wouldn't get it. But if I got one, I'm like, boom, I get it. Mm. So there's a certain power and there's a certain energy that I put out when I, I'm, I guess, demanding energy that things just automatically come to me. Yeah. So I, I don't use it and say, okay, I'm going to hoard it for myself. I'm like, no, 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 I got to help people with it because yeah. there's people out there that they're getting denied. So how am I going to help them? So I'm always like, mm-hmm. I guess like a vigilante. Yeah. Uh, it, no, it, it's true. And I also think that power is one of the most beautiful things because it comes in so many different forms. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, being able to give advice to somebody and they actually appreciate and take it, that's power and influence, right? Um, You know, some people use monetary, um, you know, advantages over others. Some people just have an act for reaching people. So if what I say people follow... That's mm-hmm. also power. You know, what I say people don't follow is also power. So it's one of those things where it's tricky. And and I think yeah. you can have both the respect and the loyalty if you also have power. And if you have the That's respect, true. you can also have the power and the loyalty. So they all kind of intertwine when you think about it. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. No, it makes sense. That's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I just tried to make it. Um, get you to force you to pick one over the other, which is right. And I not picked fair. all three. I'm gonna figure out a way to turn this answer because I'm like, I'm like, 
Right? I'm a powerhouse. I know it. <laughs> period. Like I've got it in confidence, and I know I use my power to help yeah. people. Right, yeah. and awesome. I know I'm loyal. Like if I'm I'm loyal to a cause, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yeah, they go so, hand in hand. They go hand yeah. in hand. So if you if you look back at your uh, 19 year old self, what advice would you give that 19 year old girl about her future? Uh, work for yourself from the get go. Use your God given abilities mm-hmm. to be your own brand. Brand yourself. Invest in yourself. Nice. Uh, don't be afraid of change. Understand that change is necessary. Mm-hmm. Don't make any decision based on fear, only based on love. Um, yeah. And what is, what is one of your biggest regrets that you wouldn't mind doing again? Quitting my job. (laughs) (laughs) Quitting my job and going to and turning the universe as my office. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're at a segment of the show where I call thinking out loud, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a ridiculously random question. Okay. And it's usually to shift and change, obviously, the topic for a moment so we can enjoy the moment. And I also want to see how crazy, you, you know, you're able to decide on the fly. Without overthinking it, you're going to choose one of these options I'm going to throw at you. You ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same underwear for two weeks? Missing um, socks for a month. There's no way I'm wearing <laughs> damn underwear for two weeks. Hell nah. Listen, before I wear no, anything but wearing any underwear more than one day. Like, <laughs> hell nah. I'm, listen, I'm going to commando before. <laughs> I wear no underwear. How about that? Okay. Uh-uh. You gotta protect your yanni, ladies. Protect your yanni. You understand? So I'm like, not, not anything. Just go in there. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I knew I'd get something out of you with that one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Nah, yo. I would have TV all day before I have two things to do. No way! <laughs> uh, oh, that's too hilarious. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. That's too funny. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with the stanky socks for sure. Right. You only, you, the only way you'll find out is when I take my shoes off at your place. Like, that's the only time you'll know, so. Exactly. I'll find all sorts of cues, eh? Right. In wintertime, a good time, you know? Right. Right? <laughs> the boots, the boots make my foot sweat, you know? <laughs> exactly. But why? Now we're in a two two me. Oh, that's too good. That's too good. Bring out a patwa upon me now. Oh man, thank you for that. Now I'm gonna switch gears again. Uh what are you most excited about at this stage in your journey? <sighs> Oh, discovering all the wonderful things about who I am and who I am becoming. Mm. What's what's one of those things that you discovered recently about yourself? 
well. There's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I went through a lot. Okay, so I'm actually going through an ascension. So I'm going through a spiritual journey. Mm. So I'm actually discovering and heightened intuition. So it's almost now, before I was planning things, say like, okay, this is what I got to do today, tomorrow. Don't get me wrong, I still have tasks and goals, but a lot of my decisions are intuition-based. And I will literally speak to myself and say, should I do this or that in my head and I'll answer myself. And the first answer that comes to my head without me even thinking is the answer that I follow. Mm. And I find that it's been working for me. <laughs> nice. Nice. What's your biggest fear on this journey? Um, I don't have any fears anymore. I face my fear demon. Okay. What was, what was your last fear that you had? Uh, financial security. Okay. And the lack thereof and not being able to provide for my son and just thinking in the lack mentality. And I realized that was draining and you actually attract more negative and your money actually flies away from you when you have that mentality. Yeah. So when I started to redirect my thought and like battle my, my, uh, fear demon and uh, actually not even battle. I would say get to have a relationship with it and understand it mm-hmm. and not fear it um, because you need a little bit of fear just to kind of awaken mm-hmm. you to kind of drive you, but not enough that will cripple you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And um, so... My last year was just like always thinking about not being able to provide and making decisions based on not being able to provide. Mm-hmm. So now I'm more in a mindset that I'm making decisions based on who I am and my true authenticity. Nice. What are you what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of my son, because he's such a resilient teenager and he's very honestly like people brag about their kids but you know he deserves it he's just such a good kid he's very thoughtful he's very friendly he's very kind he's very um he listens he's not he doesn't give me no headache we are like best friends so i'm proud of the work i did with them and i'm proud of myself being a single mom and um Still being able to balance out disciplining him and being a, um, and a present mom, being a full-time worker, being a part-time student, and all these other hats that I wore. So I'm proud of that. It didn't break me, that it only made me stronger. But, uh, yeah. I, I, t- I always make sure I tip my hats off to uh, single mothers uh, specific- specifically because... Um, you know, I come from that. And mm-hmm. the level of drive, resiliency, um, and just the love. It's a different kind of love when you're coming from a single parent home that you get. Uh, because you don't have a second parent to kind of take up where the other person is lacking as far as parenting. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing both. You're wearing two hats. Yeah. And that 
is not an easy task and it requires a, a specific individual to do it right. I'm not saying everybody doing it is doing it right, mm-hmm. but I'm saying for you to do it right, to get the results that you are praying about or hoping for and so forth. And so I always tip my hat, hat off because I know it's not an easy path, right? <clears throat> and when I look at my situation with my kids and, and my partner, I'm always looking at it and saying, you know what? We, we have it easier, much easier than someone who's doing it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we, we are also lacking a lot of things that that individual has that we don't have. And that, that's that resiliency, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're co-parenting or you're two parents in the home, what happens is you can always take a day off. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you easily say, okay, the other person's going to carry us today. And, you know, or this hour, and I'm going to mm-hmm. do mine after the hour. But when you're a single parent, you don't get that luxury. Mm-mm. You know, no, there's things like, yeah. And that's why I, I always have to make sure I pay homage to that because I reflect on what my mom, mom did. And I'm looking at what you're doing and other mothers that I know that are going through it. And so um, it's, it's, I mean, I respect you guys for what you're doing, especially when you have, you know, young men that you're raising. Kudos to you. It's not an easy walk. Thank you. I want to get back to that. Go that, for it. That last phrase that you just said, young men that you're raising. Mm-hmm. So the other day I had a debate, not a debate, a conversation with a friend of mine. Yeah. And I was talking about, okay, so I want to get back into kind of like the spiritual world about the divine masculine and feminine and, and everybody, mm-hmm. right? So in every person, we have a divine feminine, a divine masculine, and a divine child. And my friend was like, what do you mean? But we were just understanding each other differently. So my theory is that right now, the balancing of the divine feminine and the divine masculine is tipping right now. Mm-hmm. You see a lot more females that are powerhouses that are, are in more masculine dominated roles right now. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot more men understanding um, all the hardships of their mothers, like, you know, what their wives are going through, what the girls are going through, menstruation, like they're really trying to really understand the femininity within women, you know, the patience and the kindness and and that nurturing because men are so, you know, taught to be all this macho provider yeah. type of energy, right? Yeah. And now you you see the women balancing out and having more of that macho type of energy. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I think that the divine feminine, divine masculine energy is starting to balance out within mm-hmm. each other. And so my friend was saying um, that a woman cannot raise a man. And at first, I wasn't understanding what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But then I, I kind of understood it. And he is right. As a woman, I cannot raise no man because I have no idea what no man is going through. Mm-hmm. So I cannot I can provide, mm-hmm. but in reality, a man needs a man to raise him. There's certain things a boy needs a man there to show him that I, no matter how much I try to even emulate it, it's still not sufficient enough. So in that case, that's where we need older mentors to be in the lives as a, like, as a single mom, like, you know, an older brother, an older uncle to help raise my son or those men in, you know, those single um, mother households, the things that only men can show men. Because even like 
as a single father raising a single a daughter mm-hmm. that he can provide. But he ain't got no idea what going on with her ovaries and stuff. And when she talking about some things, I'd be like, oh, I can sympathize, but I can never, ever empathize. So right. it's important that that young lady has an aunt or an older person, you know, elder mm-hmm. to mentor her through her journey of life while the father provides. But that young lady is still going to need a woman to raise a woman. So it's interesting because... I, I agree to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. And I love these debates because it obviously allows for different perspectives to be presented and also allow for us to kind of take what we want, take, you know, what we like and and leave what we don't. Mm-hmm. And I agree with a lot of that perspective. And I also want to challenge it because I'm looking at it from the idea of gender. Mm-hmm. So that's a social construct, right? And then you look at race and you look at all these things. These are all socially constructed. Why? To be able to control um, a society so that we have guidelines or or, um, things to abide by. Right. Right. And that's no different from how we've come to construct colors and say Mm -hmm. pink is for girls because that's marketing. Yeah. yeah, So if we can tie all that together, then and bring it back to the whole parenting um, perspective. My question then is, what is a man doing differently with a boy that a woman cannot do? And then vice versa, right? If you remove the genetical, um, you know, um, components of the, of the, the anatomy, what is the difference? The empathy. Empathy. Yes. That's, that's an innate thing, right? Now, but a man can also develop that. Well, what I'm saying is the empathy thing is because you share that same experience. So therefore, you can you can speak based on the experience that you've actually personally shared, and it's it's not more like I I sympathize, and it's like I really don't know what you're going through, but I can right. see that it it's whatever. But yeah, okay, no, I I, I okay, so, like, I'm following. And you can still gain like an intellectual like uh, understanding mm-hmm. of what that person's going through, but it's to me is that unless you have the physicality of actually going through the experience, mm-hmm. it's easier to, and, and not even that, it's, it's the reception too. Because I've been sitting there telling my, my son, da, 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 da. he ain't hear me. My, his dad come out of nowhere, like I come down with a parachute. So um, you can do this. That I understand. And it's like, because, because it's, I, it's, there has to be some sort of receptors that, Whatever the decibel of a female in a man's ear, they just don't hear it. <laughs> yeah. And then when the men's decibel comes, it's just like it's more attention, it's more demanding, it travels to a different frequency and to their psyche. So, but the same thing can happen with a male that you don't respect. Because I think it's more of a respect issue. Right. Think about that because, okay, now let's say uh, a big celebrity that I looked up to. Um, mm-hmm came into the space. I'm going to listen to the, the advice they're going to give me. Yeah, that's true. And it could be the same advice that my mother gave me. That's true. Right? But I didn't listen because I'm looking at her from that gender lens, the, you know, the bias that I have as a male. Maybe, well, you, you couldn't possibly know because this is a man thing. And I tell myself that, right? And then I yeah. don't listen to her. But meanwhile, another male comes and he gives the same exact advice. I'm going to jump on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that she didn't give me the right information. 
Mm-hmm. So like you just said, the receptive side of it. So if I'm if I'm not receiving information because of my own conditioning or or uh, interpretation of what a woman is to me, mm-hmm. and that's only influenced by the media, my interactions, my experiences, and so forth. That's true. You know, so and that I can see that. Yeah, so that's why I look at it like, well, it can't just be gender because no, there, there's a lot of waste youths men out there. That's true. And they have, you know, sons. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're doing better than a single mom. No way. No, no, not at all. Not exactly, at all. right? So I just feel that there's, um, for the for the young men, there's a better relation, like a better way for them to understand themselves. Because there's things that I won't be able to explain to my son only mm-hmm. because I haven't been through it. And so you, you'd never experienced it, yeah. I will call in an uncle, a brother, and right. say, okay, you know what? Y'all, y'all do this? Y'all, can you handle this part? Because I don't know what y'all going through, you know? Right. That part. But to say that whether or not um, a father's there to raise the son or not, no. Like, yeah, that's subjective. I think it's also on the, on the child itself. Like, there's no matter what you say, what father say, but that kid ain't hearing. Ain't nothing you can, you can say or do. Exactly. And sometimes it's ageism too, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. like, uh, I'll give you an example. There's one time I, I, I would give somebody advice and I'm realizing the person ain't taking advice. So I'm like, okay, maybe I need to get somebody older mm-hmm. to say the, the same, same thing. advice yep. <laughs> to the person. Yep. Because they don't respect me because I'm younger than them. So I'm going to get somebody older than them yeah. to give them the same advice because... And then they would take the advice from the older person. That's I'm like, it. okay. I'm like, and I'm not in my feelings. I just want them to get help. So I'm like, just, oh, get, get up. Go do what you got to do. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't trying to like trick you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming, we're coming to the end. Now I have two questions I want to really get, get you to share with me here. What is a, a dream of yours that you've never said out loud? I've said a lot of my dreams out loud. I'm pretty open book. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> And how do you want to be remembered when it's all said and done? Um, well, that's funny. I I told uh, my friends, I'm like, listen, I don't want a tombstone. I said, I want a bench in my honor. I want people to come and sit and talk to me or and have a table there. Like, I'm like, do things around, like, you know, play pool. Like, do activities that I like to do around me mm-hmm. when I'm in my passing. And plant a tree. Nice. And just talk to the tree. And um, so I want to be remembered as as a humanitarian, somebody that helps people. That's awesome. And before we wrap things up, can you leave our listeners with a word of wisdom to guide them on their journeys? Yes. As I go through my own spiritual journey, um, I beg you to really get to know yourself. Before you pick a career, before you get into a relationship, um, get to know yourself. Because once you get to know yourself, um, it will affect how you make your decisions and who you invite into your life and where you put value into your life. But you have to know and love yourself and respect yourself. And also ensure that every decision you make is not out of fear. It's out of love. Um, don't get me wrong. You need a little bit of fear to kind of kick you in the butt. But in essence, um, don't allow fear to drive you. 
is um, toxic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to take this opportunity to thank all my listeners. Before I do that, I want to thank my guests. I want to thank Priscilla for blessing the show with her energy and her journey. I loved it. I got to learn more about my friend and I hope you got to learn a lot about her and her journey. Um, Before I let her go, can you please share your social media handle and how people can connect with you if they just want to have a conversation or just learn more about you, connect with you and your, you know, future business ventures that you're working on or anything of that nature that you have going? Because I know you have a lot coming down the pipeline that we didn't talk about. I'm definitely going to save that for another episode because I want to dive into your business um, acumen and everything that you're involved in to share that experience. But before I let you go, please share your social media handle if you have one and how people can get in touch with you. Yes. Okay. So my Facebook is Priscilla Spiritual Mechanic. Um, My Instagram is Pris the Spiritual Mechanic. My YouTube is Chris, the spiritual mechanic. And uh, my Twitter is Chris, the spiritual mechanic. Awesome. That's, that's and I'm also on uh, Spotify as Priscilla, the spiritual mechanic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Is that the, is that the podcast? Oh, the podcast. Sorry. I, yeah. I saw the green and kind of got distracted for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I got like, like visually dyslexic, you know? Yeah. yeah. So if if people, if people get onto your IG or Facebook, would they be able to get links to all the other social media um, connections? Beautiful. So I'll make sure folks that I put that in the description. So if you're following the show, make sure you download the app Podbean. Um, don't hesitate to download episodes. That's how we know that we're doing a good job and that you're actually, you know, uh, in tune and connecting with us. Leave some comments. As long as you have that app, you can leave the comments. And I do make sure I relay that, relay that back to the uh, the guests so that they also get to appreciate, um, you know, that you're appreciating them and their journeys and their messaging. So without further ado, again, thank you, Priscilla. And to all the listeners, tune in every week and support the show. We are coming to the end of 2021, which is exciting. So (laughs) there's only a few more episodes before we wrap up the year. And um, I hope you guys are looking forward to that wrap up episode as well. Uh, I'm working on that tirelessly and uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. But until next episode, love, peace and nappiness. Peace.